Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Encouraging Others Through Christ. Cliff Ravenscraft here. This is episode number 148. This episode is going to include the audio recording of a clubhouse room that I just hosted here on Saturday. Actually, no, it would have been Friday, July 14th when I hosted it, but it just ended here on Saturday, July 15th at 12.50 in the morning. The title of the room was, uh, let's see if I can find the title. I, I know what it was. It was Spiritual Awakening and Deconstruction hyphen Ask Me Anything. I've been sharing, if you go back to episode 147, I talked about the fact that I feel compelled to create an environment, a space to that is safe for people to explore their spiritual journey, to have open, authentic, loving conversations about the real search for truth and your exploration of your relationship with God. And yes, I'm okay if you want to explore your relationship with source, with Uh, the universe, however you want to explore it. No judgment from me whatsoever. If you're on a path of spiritual awakening, if you are deconstructing from long-held beliefs that are not serving you in experiencing the life you feel most called to live, and you have been called to go down a different path that is maybe not acceptable by those who are share your original upbringing, the faith of your upbringing or whatever. I that I wanted to create a place for this and tonight I think I may have just been may have just realized the 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 place where I'm going to start with this project and it's going to be on Clubhouse. Clubhouse is an social audio application that's free for everyone where you can come and participate in these conversations. If you'd like to be notified of of when I make myself available, Sometimes on Clubhouse, maybe I'll move it to Zoom one day. Who knows? But for now, I'm going to use Clubhouse. It, it, it's very clear. It's, a, it's an app that I love to use. And I'm going to share with you the, the a, a room. I, by the way, I gave no notice to anyone that I was doing this. I literally scheduled this room last minute. I scheduled it two minutes before I went live. I do have some people who are no- set up to be notified via Telegram when I go live. Uh, didn't anticipate anybody would you know, see it and want to join in Im- immediately, but I think Jared actually probably came in from that. But anybody else that came into the room, they just came in because they saw the room live on uh, Clubhouse as they were br- uh, coming through. And of course, some of them I know. Uh, from my experience on Clubhouse, but Clubhouse has been an incredible experience for me uh, in engaging with people. It's a great way for me to facilitate the kind of room, the kind of space that you will see exemplified in this audio recording. So without any further ado, I'm going to share it with you, and if you'd like to be notified of when I have more environments, whether it's on Clubhouse or anywhere else, Email me, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com, and just tell me you want to be notified of when I host more spiritual awakening rooms. That'll be enough. I I may have better language at some point in the future, but uh, yeah, here you go, without any further ado. 
Well, hello to anyone who is listening to the replay. Cliff Ravenscraft here, and I'm super delighted to host this public room on Clubhouse. It has been far too long since I've participated on this amazing platform, and it's been far too long since I've been willing to openly talk about some of the most important things that I have experienced in my own journey as of late. I want to say welcome to Patrick. I see that you follow me here on Clubhouse, and I'm thrilled to have you join. If you want to come up and engage with me, feel free to do so. Just raise your hand on this platform, wherever that raise hand button has moved to. Uh, or if you, uh, There we go. And then there's Luann. Welcome, Luann. Glad to have you here. Again, if anybody wants to come up, just raise your hand. I'd love to engage with you. But anyway, I posted something on Facebook, and I'm going to put a link to that post here, and it'll take me just a second to navigate to it on my desktop. There we go. Jared Van Dyke is here. Hello, Jared. Delighted to have you join in. Okay, so I've got the URL, and let's see if we can do edit pinned link or pinned link, hit paste, add link. So there we go. And uh, yeah, so I published a post on Facebook the other day that kind of shocked my community. You see, I've been on a spiritual awakening slash deconstruction journey for more than three and a half years now. And I've been very open in sharing that journey in a private behind a paywall podcast called the Train with Cliff Audio Journal podcast. You can find that, by the way, at trainwithcliff.com if anybody's interested. But those are for people who can only handle the fullest expression of who I am and and really have an interest in learning more about what I'm doing behind the scenes personally, professionally, and also, if you're interested, spiritually. So I'd been very open there, and it's a very small community. I think there are like 55, actually, I think there might be 85 people that are subscribed to that podcast. So, and and by the way, some have unsubscribed as a result of my divergent spiritual path from the community in which I was mostly involved with for the first 47 years of my life. But then I had this podcast. I, I By the way, for anybody that doesn't know this, I have like more than 50 different podcast shows, over 4,700 podcast episodes online. So, I like to create a lot of content. I like to share experiences, the things that I'm learning and all this other stuff. But I had this podcast that it was started in, I think, 2006 called About the Church. And eventually when, I think it was September 2011, I made the decision to leave performance-based institutionalized Christianity. I did not drop my doctrinal beliefs as a evangelical or even a fundamentalist for that matter, uh, in September 2011, but I did leave the institution. I quote-unquote stopped going to church, 
And when I did that, or somewhere along the journey, I changed the branding of that podcast to Encouraging Others Through Christ. And it wasn't until 2020 that I began to, for the very first time, felt led from within, uh, yeah, led from within is, is, is accurate enough, but it wasn't until then that I began to allow myself to explore anything outside of fundamentalist, Protestant, evangelical, Christian doctrine. I had been conditioned against you know, Eastern philosophy and anybody in New Age or New Thought spiritualism or anything that is divergent from this accepted thing that we, whoever we are, uh, agreed on as the acceptable path to to relationship and experience with God. But, uh, I, you know, as they say, that's a slippery slope. And boy, was it a slippery one. But if it, not, in an, not in a negative way at all. In fact, it was one that brought about great peace, love, and joy beyond anything that I had experienced in the first 47 years of my life. Well, that's not accurate. There was a time when I was a kid, and uh, you know, I, I, was, I grew up in backgrounds that had a great deal of faith exposure from, I wasn't Catholic, my family wasn't Catholic, but for some circumstances, I ended up in a Catholic school for the better educational experience than the public school offerings at the time. But I went to Catholic school from first grade through seventh grade, and that means that I sat in their religious religion uh, uh, um, catechesis classes and religion uh, class, and also attended mass every Friday as a Catholic school student. But and even though my mom and dad at the time were not church-going individuals, I ended up through <laughs> by divine providence, I'm sure. I ended up, from the time I was a little kid, as early as I can remember, always attending Sunday school classes and Bible study classes and vacation Bible schools, and and not because my family didn't go to church. I went to all the different churches of all the different vans, that church vans that came and picked up my friends in the neighborhood that I lived in at the time. So I have an eclectic uh, experience in fundamentalist evangelical churches and even outside of fundamentalist evangelical. Some of my experiences, the Baptist church, Southern Baptist church, there was Methodist, Wesleyan, uh, let's see here, there was Nazarene, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Salvation Army, uh, Assembly of God, uh, Pentecostal, and uh, many, many more. So, there to say that I was aware that there is a God from conversation. I, I from a time I was a kid, I was called to explore this to to you know to seek out who this God is, and and I believe that I had a relationship with God from the time I was a kid. I it wasn't it never that relationship was never called into question until I was in second grade in Catholic school where. People went in for their first confirmation, if you will, or, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Hello, Fabian. Welcome. 
Feel free to raise your hand. Anybody, by the way, 2L, I see that you're there as well. Jared Van Dyke, so delighted to see you here. If anybody wants to engage with me here, I will instantly end this monologue and engage with anyone because I, I that's really why I'm here. I'm, I'm looking for people to chat with. But I'm willing to monologue as long as it takes until somebody wants to jump on board. Uh, Luann says, I like the monologue. Well, thank you, Luann. I really appreciate that. So, as I was saying, there was, uh, the very first time I ever, my relationship with God was called into question was in second grade, and all of my kids, or all my kids, all my classmates were preparing for their, I think it's called First Communion, and their confirmation, and then they could go to their first confession, and this was, like, touted as, like, a celebrated, like, like, I mean, this was a big deal, and I recall myself wanting to participate because everyone else wanted to participate. Let's see what's here. Jared says, yes, very much so. I believe I will have questions, though. Oh, great. I would love your questions. In fact, that's the, that is the topic of the room today. It is an ask me anything room. So feel free to raise your hand anytime. And if you want to, you can post your question in the chat and I'll, I'll attempt to interpret what the question is and the intent behind it, but would really love to engage with people here on stage. Anyway, so I really wanted to be a part of the crowd, I, I, and that is a part of this whole understanding that I have today, how much of my relationship with God had shifted away from a natural, true, authentic experience of that, all that is source of where I came from and who and and how I came to be. I had that relationship, but over time it was called into question by seeing other people suggest to me that there is a particular path that one must go down to be acceptable as the right and true path of relationship with God. And so at the time as a in Catholic school, it was my number one religious influence, not my only, because I shared before, I had lots of weekend and summer experiences in lots of different Sunday school classes and vacation Bible schools and the Protestant church. But given the fact that I'm in Catholic school every day, attending Catholic Mass every Friday, and this is like the biggest deal of a second grader in that school system, I wanted to participate. I'm like, why can't I go up and take communion? And that that was a, that was a very big deal. And just think of, can you imagine? I don't know how old are you when you're in second grade, and how impressionable are you when you're in second grade? But I can tell you right now, I don't. I'm not going to do the math. It's not important to me how old I was. I just know that I I remember like it was yesterday because I don't believe there's any such thing as time. So in essence, it was it, it was it was in my mind. I'm experiencing it now. I remember where I'm sitting in class as I'm pondering these things. I remember where I, what pew I'm sitting in in the church while I'm watching all of my classmates take this communion, and I'm not allowed. Luann, thank you. She says that's about seven years old. Yeah, seven years old. By the way, I, if if that's accurate. And if psychology, modern psychology is to be believed, then at age seven, I am still in a brainwave state uh, of, I think it's theta brainwave state, which is very impressionable. (laughs) So, so I am adopting a lot of beliefs about God and what, what, what is acceptable. And so, yeah, 
I I remember going home before that event and saying, "Mom, Dad, I I'd like to I'd like to become Catholic so I can be like my friends." And my mom, who who was not attending anything any church at the time, I I was attending all these churches and going to this religious school, but my mom wasn't attending anything. But she had an upbringing that that clearly was fundamentalist evangelical christian upbringing and she was having nothing to do with her son converting to catholicism now with that being said she did i I remember the conversation and she said listen if you want to do this it would mean this 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 and this and this and this and this and as a seven-year-old it's clearly the way that it was framed would be this is not the right path for you. And so I had a, at that moment, and it's only in hindsight that I can evaluate this in the, with, with the, the way that is, you know, that I evaluate it today. But looking back, it became a choice about my relationship with God. Do I want to follow the path to relationship with God that will keep me in uh, in good standing or be that is acceptable by my classmates in this Catholic school, or do I do I follow the more acceptable path and go lean more heavily towards the Protestant faith background that my mom would prefer? Now, given that I love my mom and that you know she was my primary caretaker, I I chose her side. It, it and and really it it did it came down accepted by mom or accepted by my classmates and I chose my mom it, it, that that's as and that that really is the logical decision that I concluded as let's just say if I'm if Luann's correct around seven years old actually I was probably about eight because there's a little bit more of my story I I was I went to public school in kindergarten and first grade and and after not being taught anything in first grade. I was held back, and so I actually experienced the first grade a second time in Catholic school. So one time in public school, second time in Catholic school. So I was probably about eight, but still, I was very impressionable, and that's the only reason I made that decision. And ironically, I'm I'm just going to fast forward. Over time, I developed a very heavy emphasis on just soaking up everything that fundamentalist, evangelical, Protestant Christianity could offer me as far as information about how to have this relationship with God. And I soaked up everything I could. And and quite frankly, it didn't really uh, impact me too much until I was 18 years old. It was December 9th, 1991. And then it was, it was really the Actually, that was the third time my... Actually, let me go back and tell you the second time my relationship with God was called into question. My second time that my relationship with God was called into question was the summer break when I was eight years old. So it was probably the summer after this first communion fiasco. So we, my aunt and my cousins all went down to what's called Mobile, Alabama, and we live in northern Kentucky, and I was allowed to go on summer break with them, 
and I had an incredible time. It was an amazing summer. And we went to this deep down south Bible Belt Baptist church. And it was one of those ones that if you ain't baptized here, you ain't been baptized kind of churches. And it was a hell, fire, and brimstone preaching church. And every single week, your eternal damnation was warned. And that was my first experience in that in that setting. And I left that first weekend service as an eight-year-old. And I, I could be wrong. It might be eight or nine. But anyway, I think I was eight years old. And I feared for my life, my eternal soul. And uh, let me check the chat here. Patrick says, roll tide, I'm from Alabama. Cool. Hello, Patrick. Glad to have you here. All right. So anyway, I, 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 was, I was fearing for my soul. My aunt asked me what's going on. She goes, well, if you're concerned about it, why don't you go up next Sunday and, and, and talk to the pastor about it? So, of course, there's an altar call every Saturday, a Sunday in that church. And I went up and I, I said, I, hey, son, what do you want? I said, well, I, want, I don't want to die and go to hell. How, what can I do? And he says, well, do you believe this and do you believe that? Say these words after me. Say this prayer. Boom, you are saved. Boom. Now I'm feeling all good again, finally, about my relationship. But again, I, I didn't feel any better about my relationship God, with God before I was called, it was called into question the first or second time. I just felt good about it again. And then, you know, of course, uh, being that I was a kid and, you know, going through as a young, you know, a tween years and stuff like that, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more interested in my relationship with God than your average kid, okay? Let's just put it that way. I, just a, I, I will tell you I had a deep soul connection to God from within. That's, that's what I always had. But then it was called into question again when I was 18 years old. I was dating a girl at the time, and she was a Christian. <laughs> I thought I was as well. <laughs> anyway, we dated for a couple of weeks. Then I, she invited me over to dinner to meet her parents. They put me on in this like uh, dark room. It was like black, black blankets on the walls, and uh, they turned out all the lights and there was this one spotlight, and they set me in a chair that was so uncomfortable, and they put this big, huge blinding light in my eyes, and they began to interrogate me. I'm joking, of course, but at the dinner table, they're like, so Cliff, tell me, how do you know that you're a Christian? And I proceeded to share with them all sorts of things that I thought they wanted to hear, and I failed! I didn't know that I failed at the time. I thought for sure I passed that with flying colors. But no, I got home and uh, my girlfriend, then now ex-girlfriend, told me that she needed to, she called me and told me she needed to break up with me. Her parents would not allow her to date someone who is not a Christian. And based upon uh, their, the experience that they had witnessed that, that it's clear that I'm not a Christian. Now, at 18 years old, <laughs> dating a girl for a couple weeks, you might think I was really distraught about losing my girlfriend. And I'm not going to say that there weren't any emotional things tied to that, but 
It wasn't my primary concern. No, this, my friends, was my third time that my eternal damnation was in con- in consideration again. Oh, so freaking out about this, I I made sure that before I fell asleep or died, that that I would I would get this taken care of. So I called somebody at the church that I was attending at the time. They took me through the four spiritual laws, and which is very similar to something called the Roman Roman R- Romans Road or whatever. And um, let's see here, well, Jared, Jared, I'll be with you in just a minute. I love that you've come up here, brother. So. Um, Anyway, so they took me through this whole thing, and it's like, do you believe this? Do you believe that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then you were saved. And I'm like, yes, I'm so excited, yes. And, and of course, um, it was only then, by the way, it was only after that experience that things went a little bit more dark. Things got a little cloudy in my relationship with God. You see, after this experience, the person who was working with me that evening says, hey, if you would like to make sure that you maintain a really good relationship with God, there are a couple of things that you really need to do and commit yourself to. Number one, you must attend church regularly. Don't ever forsake the fellowship. You know, attend every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, anytime the doors of this church, of the church are open, go. You need that. That was number one. Number two, read your Bible every single day without fail. The word, the the inerrant, infallible word of God, aka the Bible, is the only way to shield yourself self from the attack of the evil one that could come between you and God. And number three, you must commit to living a sin-free life. Now, I was in a Nazarene church, which believes in something called entire sanctification. So I became a religious zealot for the next 20 years of my life, actually with a little bit of break in between. I'm not going to go into my entire story. But all of that to be said, this this is this is my upbringing. But then in uh, September 2011, I finally, by the way, in 1996, I felt called to like serve God full time kind of deal. I was very much influenced by the church that I was a part of. I became uh, a, and I studied, I, I got approved to apply for my district minister's license and to go down that route as that I became an ordained minister. I was a, an associate pastor, preached sermons, did weddings, all the stuff for 10 years of my life. And then in, you know, I, I, and by the way, I was in two, three different churches during that period of time. And I saw a lot of politics, which mimicked and mirrored a lot of politics I saw growing up. And eventually in September 2011, I made the decision to leave performance-based institutionalized Christianity. And basically, that simply means that I left, I, I stopped, quote unquote, going to church, and um, I, I, I just left all of that behind, but I did not drop my adherence to fundamentalist evangelical doctrinal belief system. But 
I, I maintain an incredibly powerful relationship with God and other believers and 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 even even a greater respect and and relationship with people who are non-believers while I still held my evangelical blue beliefs I I no longer felt compelled to try to convert other people to believe what I believed but what I will say is this is that um in uh, in August of 2020 through divine providence uh, I was inspired from within synchronistically uh, my higher self God was leading me to an exploration of my relationship with God beyond the boundaries of what I've been taught to believe up to that point and it all started with a book called Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda by the end of that book I had already began to shift my beliefs I read some commentaries uh, a commentary on the teachings of Jesus through by Yogananda called the second coming of Christ, the resurrection of Christ within you, um, a revelatory commentary on the original teachings of Jesus, and also began to understand uh, what it is to have, let's just say, um, self-realization. I began to explore Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, Sikhism, shamanism. I even hired somebody I met here on Clubhouse, I hired a new age shaman spiritual coach, worked with her every week for six months, have read and studied books from every single mystical background that I could find so far uh, for three and a half years, probably studying somewhere between three to five hours a day, seven days a week. And this has been my path, my journey, and and I've been relatively quiet about this. Again, only sharing it in Train with Cliff Audio Journal. And then I, I, you know, about two years ago, I brought back the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast, had the courage to finally, you know, say, listen, I'm not going to worry about people, you know, shunning me and all this other stuff. But one thing to note, I happen to have built an online business I have an audience in the hundreds of thousands that I've reached in the last 18 years of my life. And also an important thing to note that 65% of my audience and all of my income, which I've generated millions of dollars in revenue in my online business, and I mean millions of dollars in revenue in my online business, and more than 65% of all of that revenue and all of that audience were drawn to me because they resonated with my fundamentalist evangelical worldview. So um, let's see here. Uh, let's see. I, I'm, what is this little clipboard? Raised hand. Oh, it's a. Is this a raised hand? Okay. So I'm going to. I'm going to bring somebody else. Ryan. Ryan. I. I think that might be you. Um, so I'm bringing you up as well. I'm going to go to Jared, Luann, and then Ryan as soon as I finish this monologue. So anyway, I brought back my Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast, but not as a Christian podcast, but as a Christ consciousness podcast, which is interesting. And anyway, I started putting some episodes out there and I noticed that some clients started leaving. And it was impacting negatively my income. And so I slowly just, you know, I, I kind of let that die down a little bit. But I can't get this, this, 
urging from within, this not urging, this this knowing from within that I want to create environments for people who are exploring truth, exploring God, that are beyond the accepted norms. And this is what I know that I was put on this earth to do. And I'm I'm beginning to fully allow myself to get out. If you click on that link on Facebook, uh, you'll see that, you know, I, I put it out there just three days ago. So far, only two people have publicly expressed concern. Many more have privately expressed concern. And yes, it is already brought in a new wave of people who are dropping their subscriptions to certain things. They're leaving my email list. They're unfriending me and all of this stuff. And, and I get that. And st- the interesting thing is I'm still relatively, uh, this is still relatively unknown. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, and your algorithms keeping people from actually seeing my content. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I just wanted to say that, uh, yeah. Uh, that that's where I'm at. So I'm ready to engage now. That's I'm gonna finish my that's my f- finished monologue. Ryan, I have no idea how to invite you to. I, actually, I do know how to invite you to speak now. So great, I just sent you that request. Jared, you're first up. Please unmute. How can I be of service or encouragement to you? Well, Cliff, I just got to say that I was hesitant in beginning to raise my hand just from the fact I didn't want to interrupt your monologue. So that's why. I left you in the chat that, hey, I'm going to have questions. Um, So in your journey, and I'm glad you finished that because I didn't want to derail things. In your journey, the the Bible, I mean, you've talked about it in the past. Now with where you're at, where do you still hold it with the same regard as you used to, the validity of it, the... the interpretation of it now in its current version, I guess. Where does that fall in things? And I mean, I have a ton of questions, but I don't want to take up all your time. But no, I, um, I appreciate it, Jared. I really- I'm going to be here for as long as anybody wants to talk to me tonight. My wife is out of town. I'm here, and so uh, I, I'm eager for this. So I'm going to answer this question. Then I'm going to go to Luann. I'm going to see if I can get Ryan up here, and then I'm going to come back to you again for as many questions Perfect. as I want to go. So let me answer this question. Um, so here's what I will tell you prior to 2020, I will tell you that I had been conditioned and taught to believe. And the only way I would be accepted by others from my religious community would be if I adhered to this belief that the Bible as accepted by fundamentalist Protestant evangelical Christianity, the 66 books version of the Bible, not the one from the Catholic Church that has a couple extra books. No, this one is the only acceptable source for insight and information about God. That was my belief, that it was infallible, it is perfect, it's inerrant, and all of life can be informed from that book. That was my belief prior to 2020. Today, my belief is this. I believe that the Bible is an incredible book, document, scriptures, if you will, that documents many people's experiences with God, many of whom had direct 
experience with God. And I believe that they worked and did and shared the best that they could with what they had to work with in their understanding of what they were experiencing, and that's what's in the both the Old and the New Testament. Now, I believe that every I, I I believe that as accurate as anything that is shared in the four gospels as what Jesus said, how much of what he said actually is word for word what Jesus said in real life. Um I do believe in the teachings of Jesus. I do believe that Jesus, when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, I I believe that he meant that, and I believe that to be true. However, I don't believe that he meant that, I don't believe that Jesus was saying that from the perspective of the human ego personality known as Jesus. I believe that Jesus, uh, as that persona slash ego in human form, was incarnate the Christ consciousness. And so I believe that when Jesus spoke any of the things he spoke, he was speaking as a representation of Christ consciousness. And so, uh, but I, by the way, I don't think anybody ever, anywhere in the New Testament, ever spoke the name of Jesus. In fact, if anything, I don't even know how you pronounce it. It was either Yeshua or Yeshua or whatever. So (laughs) it wasn't Jesus, though. It was Yeshua. Anyway, it's not the name of Yeshua. It's not the name of Jesus. It is the name of Christ. It it, It is in Christ consciousness. It's, it's the sharing in that. And there, and, and that, that universal consciousness, Christ consciousness, um, cosmic consciousness, source, I see all of those as being equal, and I see many and all inspired scriptures refer to the same thing. And so, Jared, that is where I am today. I, I believe. By the way, I believe that not every word of the Bible is a direct God. God said, "Hey, I'm, I, let me have your fingers for a little bit, and let me help you write these letters." I do not believe that. I believe that the apostles who wrote letters that are make up the New Testament. I believe that they had an authentic, real, genuine relationship with Christ. But I also believe that they were doing the best that they could with what they had to work with based upon their cultural background, their upbringing, just like I had been doing for the first, well, actually, and, 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 and just like I'm still doing today, if that makes any sense. So I can tell you right now, there are many things that I have said behind a pulpit as a pastor. There have been many things that as a Christian behind a microphone, I have spoken to my audience in countless tens of thousands of hours of podcast content where God spoke through me. And those were directly inspired words of God from God to individuals. But I can tell you right now, there's a lot that I said that had nothing to do from God inspiration. And I believe that the Bible contains a lot that has nothing to do with God's inspiration as well. Jared, does that answer that question for you? 
Yes, thank you. I really appreciate it. Awesome. And by the way, quick thing I want to say here, and then we'll go to Luann, and, um, and, and that is simply this. I am not trying to convince anyone of what I believe. I'm not, try, I'm not here to persuade people. More than anything, I'm here to encourage others to have a safe place where you can explore and question what it is that you believe without judgment. So, Lou Ann, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'll never forget, I think we met on uh, the OWL app for the very first time. How are you doing? We did. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Cliff? I have never been better, and it gets better every single second of the day. (laughs) That's great. I like your monologue because you're such a great storyteller, and I just love listening to your shares um, starting, you know, our first conversation ever since then. I appreciate the rooms that you do have and the stories that you do share. And um, Cliff, I, I just wanted to say that yesterday, I had a feeling this is was going to happen. I saw you in a room yesterday, and I thought, you know what, is, is there something going on with Cliff? And I and I felt this, and then here you are having this room. I'm like, aha! I guess I wasn't that far off. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah, it, this is <laughs> this has been going on for three and a half years. But you what you're probably picking up on because I know a lot about you know our our energy, you know the energy and and the fact that we're all connected. So you were definitely picking up the on the energy of what I'd been experiencing as a result of becoming or taking another step of going even more public. I mean this this Facebook post um it was a pretty big deal and it you know it's already got you know, one of my friends who is very influential and is connected to probably about 10,000 people within my community that are probably my highest paid clients and peers and all this other stuff. And his number, his very first response was, uh, this is concerning. <laughs> and of course, all of his followers see that, right? And then the, and I, and I just simply wrote back and I said, how so? Hey, I said, Brian, how so? And he says, Cliff, for two reasons. First, for you. Deconstruction is code for walking away from traditional faith, the God of the Bible, and Jesus' sacrifice for us. Cliff, you are a man of great influence. I'm concerned that your journey has led you away from the truth. Second, for others who are searching for truth in all the wrong places, you'll never find soul satisfaction in pantheism, new age, universalism, or any other false religion but only through the one true God. Always happy to discuss the further. <laughs> and the fun part, Luann, is that I have said those exact words to at least 50 people during a 20-year period of my life. And it reminds me of the words that Jesus spoke. Judge not lest you be judged. For the measure that you judge others, it you will be judged measure for measure. So I'm just, I'm just getting what I gave. <laughs> Cliff, I love that. Um, I hope you can send that to me because the next time I'm judged by someone um, with their faith, I would love to say that to them because typically I just stay silent and let them express themselves and actually show them gratitude. Um, and typically, I don't try to disagree or argue with them. I I honor and accept people where they are and what they believe in, and I think it's okay if uh, if I don't believe in that and vice versa. 
um i remember one time there was this man fixing my tires this triple a guy he spent an hour with me talking about how god saved him and i thought that was amazing and um he apologized for talking about it too much and i told him you know what this is your story this is what you believe in this is what helps you to become a better person and and it's okay go ahead and share that with other people i'm okay with you sharing that so i just wish that we actually spent more time uplifting each other and accept each other in it in our own journey um and quite honestly cliff i just feel really excited for you oh I'm, um, thank you <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing uh, thank you, Luann, and and I feel your excitement for me, and I couldn't, I absolutely concur with you. I never, I am not looking for any argument with anyone who, who questions where the path that I'm on. I, it, I I'm not trying to defend the path that I'm on when I'm when I'm called into question when my path is called into question. I fully understand and appreciate where they are. And by the way, and the other thing that's important for me that I've learned is that it's not it's it's important for me to understand that I'm not I I don't want to come off as being or even think to myself that I'm further evolved than they are spiritually that that's not important for me to feel or think or anything of that nature. But the thing is, is I do understand and appreciate their concern. And if I still held their belief system, I would be compelled to have that same concern. And I and I I did it and I understand it and I appreciate it. And also, when I left the institutionalized performance-based Christian uh thing back in September 2011. There were a few months where there was a little bitterness, a little bit of resentment and and all that other stuff, but God and I worked all that out and today I have an incredible amount of appreciation for how well the institution of the church served me and and how every experience in life and I so yeah lots lots of appreciation and I love I love what you're talking about there. I wish we could hold in high regard other people's beliefs no matter what they are that allows them to experience a sense of peace and and connection with God and that allows them to have to feel a connection and love for themselves so that they can then effectively love others as they're loving themselves. So I appreciate that, Luann. Lois, good to see you again. Oh, it's so good to see you, Cliff, and hear you. I love everything that you said, and I gave you a little support on your Facebook post. I think it was a great post, and I think you should follow whatever your heart is telling you to do and wherever it's telling you to go. A new, different community will come in when and if it's supposed to come in, right? Yep. Absolutely. I, there, by the way, there's no way I can't. There, there's no way for me not to follow my heart. It, the the draw, the magnetic pull. I, I would I would be resisting life. It I, it would be like falling into a river and trying to you know a, a rushing river, white waters, and trying to swim upstream. 
for me to not go down this path, that's what I feel like it would be like. So what I'm doing is I'm fully bathing in the river. I am in a fast flowing current and rather than resistant, resist it and trying to swim upstream, I've flipped over to my back. I'm being carried by, carried, I'm being carried down the stream, uh, wherever that stream is going to lead, wherever that current is going to lead. And I'm just kind of putting my, you know, using my hands and my body to kind of, you know, rudder myself into a direction and a path that seems to be the least resistance that will take me to ultimately wherever this thing's going to take me. All right, Jared, do you want to ask another question? Yeah, I'm happy to. (laughs) Um, And just to give you some insight onto your last answering of my question, you actually knocked out about three other questions (laughs) in your response. So it was phenomenal. Um, For people that are following you, you know, we we see some of the stuff you're talking about. And, um, you know, obviously we're not, right there side by side with you deep down in the, the depths of this, but what would you recommend for someone who finds themselves aligned with you in a lot of ways? I mean, just more than you'd probably even want to know, but like that wants to go more, where would, where would you recommend starting? Is it the autobiography of a Yogi? Wow, that is an incredibly awesome question, and I'm I'm seeking within to find out how to answer that because, I, well, first of all, let me just tell you the first instant intuitive answer that came into my heart, and the answer is within. So first and foremost, I, I'm going to ask you if you can interpret what that means. So Jared, if your your question is, where should I go to learn more? Does it resonate with you? Does it mean something to you if I say that the answer is within? You know, to some extent, yes. Tell me, tell me, let, let's explore that if you don't mind for just a moment. And I'm happy to give you more, and I'm happy to give you resources that might be valuable on your journey. Not that you should do, but that might be valuable. But but first, let's explore because because I believe you already have all of the answers within you, and I would love to see, help you kind of tune into that intuition a little bit. So you're saying that that it's resonating with you at some level. So w- what does it mean? Just and feel free to not get it right as well. It's not a big deal. Uh, but what does it mean if when you hear me say that the answer of where to turn to next if you want to learn more about this, the answer is within. What comes up for you? What what goes through your mind as you hear it? What popped what popped in my head or heart or whatever is um, just silence. Yeah. Wow. Have you experienced a lot of silence? No. I abhor it. What what was that last statement? I abhor it. I always have something going on. Okay. Always have something playing. Always have something. Is there anything going on? In, is there anything going on in the background right now? No. Is it hard to hear me? I, I no, 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 no. I'm asking oh, for a reason because oh. I'm because oh. what I'd love to do is I'd love to add, I'd love to invite you into some silence with me. Would you be interested? Yeah. All right. So here's the. I don't want to give too much direction here. 
But what I'd like, what I'd, I am going to give some direction. I just want you to, I, I just want you to see if you can sense. By the way, you, you come from a Christian background, if I'm correct. Yeah. All right. And you're cool with Jesus, have a good relationship with him. That's spotty. Okay. okay. No, no worries. No worries at all. I, I so, feel so, closer so, now than I have in a while. But th- yeah, that's awesome. So check this out. All, all I want you, all I want you to do is I want you to sit in silence with me, and I'm going to, um, I'm gonna, I'll set a timer. Matter of fact, um, yeah, I'll set, I'll find somewhere to set a timer here, and we're gonna sit in silence for two minutes. I'm gonna mute. You're gonna mute. Everybody in this room is gonna be muted, and for two minutes, I just want you to to allow yourself to sense and or feel the presence of Jesus in our midst. Have you ever heard the phrase, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am amongst them? Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. Let's sit in silence, starting now. All right. Jared, if you want to unmute, did you sense anything? Yeah. And it sure didn't take long. I'd encourage um, I'd encourage more of that. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that there's anything wrong with books and knowledge and all of this other stuff. I I I study three to five hours a day in books. 
but nothing I've ever read in any of the books. And I, ha- by the way, I have a journal here with 1,315 or so pages of handwritten notes from all the books that I've read over the last three and a half years. N- all of that combined contains nothing in comparison to the two minutes that I just sat in silence with you and everybody in this room. That was... It was unexpected. Yeah. Now, also, what I will share with you is is I, I'm I'm delighted to experience to you with you that my journey of how I decide what books to read and how things come to me. I I believe that that God within me, my higher self is some other language that you may hear in in a lot in the rooms that I host from now on in the communities that I host around this stuff, my higher self, my connection to God um, leads me and guides me through something I called or that I've, that has been called synchronicities. So I might be listening to somebody in a podcast and all of a sudden they mention a book like Michael Singer's untethered soul. And when they say something about that book and some insight they got out of it, Instantly, there are sometimes I hear something like that and it, it just like it goes in one ear out the other kind of deal. I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But occasionally yeah. there's like, huh, that sounds really interesting. And it, and without thinking about it and seriously, without any thought, I immediately like am in, it, it's like I'm compelled within. I'm pulling up the Amazon or uh, well, uh, Amazon website on my phone since you can't buy a Kindle book from the app. But I open up Safari, open up Kindle, uh, Amazon, search for that book on Kindle, and here's how I typically do it. I go and find the book, and I send the free sample of that book to my Kindle device, and then I begin reading it. And if I, if I get into the sample and I want to highlight something, I instantly choose to buy the book. By the way, I never feel any compulsion that I must complete a book that I've uh, purchased and started. Never. I'm currently in the middle of reading 65 different books, and that is not hyperbole. Now, with that being said, Michael Singer's book, Untethered Soul, is a book that I read in two days. Another book that I was led to was The Four Spiritual Laws by Don Miguel Ruiz. I read that book in in probably six hours. Um, and, And I could give you a list of tons of books, but it's not important that you follow what my higher self has given me, because I promise me, I promise you that you do not want to. I just pulled up my Kindle. I'm pretty sure that you are not at a place right now where you would be led to read a book called "Witch: Unleashed, Untamed, Unapologistic, Unapologistic" by Lisa Lisa Lister. I don't think you want to read a book that will introduce you to what witchcraft is. Probably not. No. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. And maybe not ever. And it's not a big right. deal. But what I can tell you is is I, I would encourage you not to seek outside of yourself someone else telling you what you should or shouldn't read. But I would encourage you to do what we did earlier, spend some time in silence because that's what, how you interpret it. See, I believe God... And I could be wrong. I just want to say this for the record. I believe when you ask the question, the the intuitive answer God called me to speak to you is within. 
And you interpret that as silence, which reminds me of Jesus when he said, do you remember when Jesus said this? He says, when you pray, don't go out like the heathen do and the pagans who use their fancy words in front of people, but instead go into your closet and be alone with your father who is unseen. No, I don't recall that. Oh, well, let me find it for you just so you can actually reference it. Okay. So let me go to Bible Gateway uh, Closet is what I'm going to put in here. Actually, um, Go, let's see here. Jesus said, pray private. And I am going to see if I can, uh, let's see here. This is Matthew chapter, or chapter six, verses five through six. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door uh, and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what you have done in secret will reward you. So that is Jesus's teaching. In Matthew chapter six, verses five through six. Now, would are you interested in hearing my esoteric interpretation of verse six? Yeah. All right. And by the way, I am not saying my interpretation is accurate. It is only my interpretation. Take it or leave it. But this whole idea of when you pray, go into your room. I, I interpret that esoterically as go into your heart space. Go in and find the center of your essence, of your being. Go into that room, that space within you. And close, now the next line, close the door and, uh, I'm sorry, the next line is close the door. My interpretation is shut off the senses, Close the door equals shut off the five senses. Stop, you know, close your eyes so that you're not visually looking outward. Um, and, and, and close your mind so you're not thinking externally. Close your, your sensation of your, your touch, your smell, and just go inside. And, uh, and uh, I'm going to give Jared just a moment since his phone came through. Jared, what was the last words you heard so I can give you what I was sharing? Sorry about that. No, I, don't worry. It was, it was the um, you go inside, shut the door to all senses. That's yeah. where you were at. Yeah. So instead of instead of actually tasting, touching, feeling, hearing, and seeing outside, cl- tr- do do everything within your power to just sh- shut out the outside world and go inward. And in fact, if I could encourage what you to consider if, if this resonates with you and if it doesn't ignore all of it. Um, but what I did is I learned the power of imagination. So what I like to do is sometimes I will imagine being in maybe sitting by a, uh, a pond with a pristine still, uh, water that is a perfect reflection of the sky. It's like I could see the sky reflected in the water before us, and we're sitting on the banks of this 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 serene image in this in this place. And it's just me and Jesus, so I can see it. 
I can hear the wind rustling in the trees behind us. I can kind of feel the grass that's underneath my body while I'm sitting here next to Jesus. I can hear him speaking. to do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I believe I do. Okay. And so for me, that's what it means to go into my room, which is that place within, and to shut the door, which means... Uh, shut the door to the outside world and go and and use the senses inside and it's in that place pray which just may, basically is another word for me to communicate to speak to and or listen to the father which for me is god source what higher self whatever i want to call it but father will work just as fine for me and when i do that when i go into this space and when I do all of these things, then God, seeing what I'm doing, rewards me. And it go. And I know you've heard this one. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what you will eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. God, you know, knows everything you need. All of this other stuff. And then He says, um, "Seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you." You're familiar with that one? Yep, sure am. Okay, and then there's another scripture that's coming up that I feel inspired to share with you, and that is one time Jesus was asked by some uh, teachers of the law, you know, the, the ones that were trying to trip him up in public all the time so that they could call him out. And they said, hey, can you tell us when will the kingdom of God appear? And he says, I tell you the truth, no one will be able to tell you the day or the hour, and nobody will be able to say, lo, look up there in the sky, here comes the kingdom of God. And he said this, because the kingdom of God is within you. It's in that space. Is that helpful to you, Jared? Yes, thank you. Awesome. All right, so I see that uh, Prabhit, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name is correct correctly, but I'm inviting him up to the stage. So we'll see if he comes up here. Am I saying your name correctly? Prabhit. Prabjit. Uh, Prabjit. And Prabjit, are you a Sikh? Is that what I'm getting from your image? You got it correctly. Wonderful. Well, I'm delighted to have you here. How can I be of any service or encouragement to you, or what do you want to add? Yeah, I have a question for you. Okay. Which, you know, well, I have a question and I guess a comment in a sense, but because I'm, maybe I'm answering my own question, but what do you do when you have people? Because one of the things I've figured out you know it's life is very easy when you're having great nice people that are with you right you're able to get along everybody's doing great wonderful the problem becomes when you have somebody that's mean screaming at you and what your automatic thing is you want to defend yourself and be upset and be angry which is not necessarily helpful so i would love to know what are your thoughts about in that situation what i find is that number one i should walk away and just let it be and, and of course somebody disrespects you don't be in their space but the other part of it is that what is that triggering for me what is it really causing me pain why is that hurtful to me but anyways i would love to hear your words of what do you do in those situations because what i i found that to happen to me I, I i kind of don't know what to do in those situations i feel feel like i feel like in those moments it's so hard because you feel like number one i didn't do anything number two i don't know why this person screaming at me <laughs> So, so I'd love to hear what your, you know, your thoughts or your wisdom is about this. 
Absolutely. I, I, I love the question. And um, let's see here. I'm trying to see. Yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to find the scripture on this one right away. But so uh, let's see here. It's Prabhjit. Mm-hmm. All right. So Prabhjit. First, I, I'd love to just go back to the language of the question. You said when you, you know, e- things are easy when you do this. So, um, and, and I, I, I just do this because I'm a coach. And mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to retranslate your question as if you said, it, things are easy for me when I'm around people who are pleasant and blah, blah, blah. Because, sure, I, I can be in agreement with you as you stated the question of, um, when you said you use the phrase when you are surrounded and, and I would agree with that but the other stance you, you went on to the next part of the question is uh, uh, it you know it's really difficult or do you know how you said it? it's really difficult when you do this do you oh, again so it's difficult when and I could, I could change the wording to make it more to fit what you're trying to do yeah, here but the thing is, yeah. is I'm the reason why is, is I think it's very valuable to ask a question like this instead of saying, you know, when we or when you, because you're, because yeah. you don't want to presuppose that I'm in agreement with the the presupposition of, of the question. No, I understand. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, so I'll, I'll take it from the beginning, which is that it's easy when I um, am around people that are in agreement with me and they all kind of, and we're having a good time, we're having good conversation, and there's not really, no one has any emotional, nothing's being brought up, right, in a sense of like, people are, I'm accepting of them, they're accepting of me. But the problem is when somebody is, when I have the experience of having somebody that is mean, who's screaming at me, and those situations, I don't know necessarily what to do. Okay. Except to to accept to and and this is except to number one defend myself to a certain extent. I don't. I I, I tend to just then walk away. I defend myself and say, I don't know why you're screaming at me right now, and I I don't like how that's making me feel, and then I just walk away because I I tend to not go on because those conversations tend to not go anywhere because they're already angry, so they're not gonna they're not gonna calm down and they're not going to become better because times have 10 i find those people always say i'm not angry i'm not screaming <laughs> yet you are your voice is very raised but they don't get that and so it 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 kind of wastes time and it doesn't get anywhere so i guess that's my question that is my question which is which is what do i do in those situations when i'm feeling like i'm being attacked or Someone's yeah. screaming at me when I'm someone, yeah, I'm getting screamed at, and so, and I haven't literally done anything. Yeah, so I'd <laughs> that lo- warrants that. Okay, I love it. I love I love the whole eye language and and that stuff. Okay, so first and foremost, I certainly can resonate with many times where people will yell or scream at me for any number of reasons in any number of circumstances. And what I'll answer for you is how do I respond from that? The fir- the first thing that I can tell you is it absolutely depends on what level of consciousness I'm currently being. So are you familiar with levels of consciousness? Yes, of course. Yes. Okay. So um, if I am in a acceptance or oneness level of consciousness, I've, I'm obviously not impacted or affected. I rec- I recognize immediately from the seat of awareness. Are you familiar with the language seat of awareness? 
Yes. Now, when you're saying levels, what are the levels? Like, sure. Uh, let me let me share that. So, um, give me just one second. I'm going to pull up a resource to pin in the links. So we'll go. Oh, sweet. Uh, so map of consciousness, and yeah, uh, hit share, copy link, and I will go up here and hit edit. Uh, pinned links. Where are they? There we go. We're going to do that. Close that. Hit that and hit paste. Update link. All right. Go ahead and do you, by the way, you see the image there. I love that. Uh, yep, I so love. so go ahead and look at levels of consciousness. And if you were to click on through to that and if you were able to click on the on the image, this is from Dr. David R. Hawkins. And I'm going to hit view original so I can see this bigger. He gives. Yep, I got it. Yeah, so he gives a scale, and it's not important that this scale is is accurate, but it, it it's more to give you an a, a it, it's a symbol of how things are on levels of consciousness. But the important okay. thing is he talks about calibrating these in a scale that helps us understand where things are. So, for example, if you look at the scale where it says two hundred is courage, and everything below. Any emotional state or, it, it, by the way, the emotional state is your level of consciousness, kind of the same thing. Uh, so, but whatever level of consciousness that you have, if you are below 200, you are experiencing things from a victim mindset or you might be the abuser mindset. So, what I will tell you is, how am I going to respond to somebody who is yelling and screaming at me if I'm calibrating? Excuse me. If I'm calibrating at the level of 30, which is guilt. Do you see that on the scale? Yeah, I get it. Well, if I'm if if I'm at a level of consciousness and I've, I've always understood these funny enough and neatly without necessarily ever having this chart. That's what's interesting. <laughs> I believe that all, I think all truth is innately inside of us. 110% because that's where it came from. Exactly. Originally. I've always thought that since I was a child. So it's like there's nothing that I don't actually know. So I, if, yeah. So ahead, if, sorry. if I'm if I'm currently calibrated and I'm operating and being at a level of consciousness that is 30, which is guilt, when you yell at me, I'm probably going to feel bad. I I might drop down in consciousness all the way down to shame, or. I might be triggered to go up, which, by the way, any step up is better than a step down in consciousness. But still, I might jump up to a calibration of 150, which is anger, and I might yell at you and get angry and defensive. Or I might actually jump all the way up to 175 and say, hey, and you might have hurt my pride, and I'm going to defend my pride. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so the answer to your question of how do I respond when somebody yells at me and all this other stuff, it really depends on where I am in my level of consciousness. Now, if I'm, if I'm calibrating at 250, which is neutrality, I like to think of the word equanimity, which means like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in a state of being 
where you're being really nice and friendly with me is not going to make me feel any happier, any more peace. And you're yelling at me and screaming at me is not going to make me feel any less happy or any less peace. That's equanimity. That's neutrality in my mind. And if I'm operating there, I'm probably just going to not take it personally and just accept the fact that you're having a bad day. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I think that sometimes, I mean, I'll give you an example of this today, if it's okay with you. Please do. I'm here to serve and encourage and anything I can do. It, it, so, I, this is not beneficial just for you and I. It's beneficial for anyone who will, who will listen. Exactly. And I think sometimes examples kind of give even better clarity. So, um, so long story short, I'm supposed to be doing these religious prayers that are supposed to happen, you know, 48 hours, right? And I'm kind of the helper, so I kind of do prayers when other people need to go to the bathroom or whatever because it's supposed to be nonstop or if somebody else is coming late and I'll just fill in the gaps, if you will. And clearly you need to be able to be well rested. And so the room that I was sleeping in or was about to sleep in, I hadn't slept yet because I just came back. All of a sudden I started getting knocking on the door and I didn't know who it was. And I didn't know if it was a woman or anybody. And, you know, so I, I asked, you know, what, what is this about? Whatever, whatever. And the person just starts increasing, increasing their voice and it's getting louder, but they're screaming. They're not speaking so they can give clarity because I can hear them. There's no question I can hear them, but they're just screaming now. And now they're just banging on the door. And then I finally do open up the door because they do say that they I need to leave. And I'm saying, but why would I need to leave? Because I haven't even been able to rest yet. And the person just says, you need to get out. You need this other person needs to come in this room, and I'm thinking, who needs to come into this room? And I said, can I? Who's the name? You know, the person that told you. What's their number? And who, why are you questioning? And then just went to this screaming, screaming, screaming. And then I said, why are you screaming at me? Like, I don't understand why you're screaming at me. Like, and why, why is there? Any- can I ask you mm-hmm. a couple of questions to clarify the situation here? Yeah, sure. So I hear that you're at a place. Is this a place of work? Can we uh, worship? So you're at a place of worship. Are yeah. you at a Sikh? What do you call a, a Sikh place of worship? It's a Sikh place of worship. It's a it's a gurdwara. A gurdwara. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I said that. I, I I don't know how to do those tongue sounds. So, nope. but I think you're you're pretty accurate. Gurdwara. Okay. Yeah. Gurdwara. So yeah. you're at this spiritual place of worship, and this is where this happens. Correct. T- t- or happened today. Correct. Okay. So. Um, you're there for the express uh, time of worship that is normal for that that scenario. For exactly correct. Okay, correct. And, and, and I was. And this I'm is helping. a place that you belong. This is a part of your fellowship, your community. Correct. Okay. And did and did you say that you went into a room that is a bathroom or a no, private? No, no, no. It's a no. It's a it's a room for you to sleep. Okay, so it's, there's a place in the Gudra that allows you to go and rest. But it's specifically for people that are in the situation because it's 48 hours of nonstop prayers. Excellent. Okay. Makes so, sense. So, that's, so as a result, that's why I was in that room. That's why I was sleeping in that room. And I've done it many, many times. And did you, not the first are time. Are there like I, guidelines about this room that say, hey, this is, this is how we organize who's in here, who's not in here? Is there anything like that that, that you no. – Okay. There is not one because I've I've been used I've been in and out of that room for like more than a year and a half. Not that I stay there; I don't live there, by yep. the way. But I'm just saying during the times that this is going on, then I would use that room. Excellent. So, 
So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not even last week, to be frankly honest with you, as early as the last week, we had you, no issues. So this person is raising their. Give me just a moment, Prabhjit. So mm-hmm. I just want to because I I just want to get clear about the the image of what's Please. going on here. So so you're in this room that is divine decide designed for people like there you who have come to to adhere to and practice the spiritual disciplines of your faith for 48 hours of prayer and you're there for some rest which is what it was designed for you're there and then all of a sudden somebody's knocking on the door they're slowly amplifying the level of their voice and you're sensing that they are yelling at you well once i come out once i open the door one, okay. Once I open, the, once I open the door, then that's when they said yeah. you need to get out, and I don't know why you're even questioning me. And I mean, of course, they're, okay, they, so they've watch, already raised their voice. So watch this, Prabjeet. Let me ask you this: on a scale of consciousness, if you were to look at that, and not every emotional state or level, you know, is is listed, but I think intuitively, if you were to look at that. What number would you say that your level of consciousness was when that took place? Give me one second. I'm going to open the document yeah. again. Sure. Um, take your time. We're in no rush. Uh, let me take a look. Let's go see here. What was the level of consciousness that I was at? Uh, so it went from 175 to to 200 to then 250 and then three ten and in three ten and three fifty. So that's okay. what ended up happening. It, that's, it, it's, that's perfect. It's lit up. That's it's perfect. Up. Be, be, because what happened is first I was confused uh, because when he was knocking on the door and I'm thinking, who's this person? Why are they knocking on the door this hard? Then when I open the door, then he says says all these things, and I'm saying. So then there's these other women that are there, and they explain what the situation is because this one woman, her, she need, her daughter needs to rest, and I said that's fine. I said if you can just have explained that to me and said this is what's going on, that's fine. Yeah, that I that would that's definitely a pride response, by the way. So you're I I, I, I totally see that that is a one seventy five response. It, exactly. So that was a one seventy. Okay, yeah. And then I said, okay, no worries. I said, why don't we go ahead and just, that's fine. I'll get my stuff. Can I, I'll leave my stuff that I don't need. And if it's okay with you, I'll leave it in there because there's no point for me to move it. And they said, that's perfectly fine. I said, that's fine. I said, just give me a few, few and I'll just grab my stuff. And then I, and then I, you know, let them have the room. Yeah. So, so how do you was, feel? It, so you went, you, you basically were triggered into 175 and then you went to 250 rather quickly. How do you feel yeah. about that response? So that was good. But then let me tell you what happens later. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> so um, what happens later is now it's been hours. Because what they told me that it was going to be a short period of time. Um, they didn't tell me that it was going to be to the point where I essentially was not going to be able to sleep. Because essentially I don't have any other space to do it without somebody else coming into the room. Okay? And therefore I won't be able to sleep because I'm going to be keeping, keep getting awakened. So I said to her, to the to the mother of this child, this daughter who was sleeping in the room, I said, "Hey, you know, how much more time?" Because she said half an hour, and she was kind of aggressive. Now I was kind of shocked by that. And, and what level and, of consciousness did you receive that? Uh, I was at the same. I was probably at the same neutral or okay. Let me see so here. One still, second. One second. You're still I was at the acceptance. Two fifty. I was at three fifty four hundred. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay. Okay. I was kind of confused why there was so much aggression, though. Um, but that's so. What that was by the, by the way. Do you, 
do you think that there might have been any i mean i'm just questioning i'm i'm not judging anything yeah, so i'm, I'm going to ask you do you think there might have been any 100 or 125 that you experienced when you went to ask her that question let's such as so, so but fear see, but, or or desire so so do you feel like there might have been any fear that you're not going to get adequate sleep you're gonna is there any desire for this to be right and so so to answer your question i'll answer it with an, an, another of what happens next so i said to myself i i don't really want to get into like a battle over this room right because that's just not my thing and i said let me just tell her I just want to get my stuff out. Now I'm thinking, I shouldn't have left my stuff in there. If I had gotten my stuff, then I could just bid on my way. Okay. Right? And just, yeah. And, and, and gone to a friend's house and stayed up there and not have. And so I just go to Did, her. By the way, now it's just been, a question for you. Did you complete your 48 hours already at that point? No, no, no. Not okay. We had, we, we had not even start. We had only been on day one. So we're not even on the, so we, we just started that morning. So it was not even that many hours into it that we, this all happened. Right. So we were only like hour five. <laughs> so Six. let me ask you this. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Cause I, I love studying yeah. Sikhism by the way. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have two dear, very close personal friends of mine that are Sikhs. So, oh, okay. And and so this forty eight hours is not consecutive forty eight hours. It's something it you can do over time. No, no, no. It's consecutive forty eight hours. Okay, but the forty eight hours hasn't started yet. No, no, it's already started. So it's okay for you to leave and go to a friend's house if you had your stuff. No, no, no. Because somebody else would be praying at that time. So it's, it's, oh, it's so multiple you don't have people. to. F- okay, so you don't yeah. have to. Pr- okay, now I'm getting it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So Thank ev- you. Everybody, okay. everybody, everybody so, takes spots. So the whole thing so is, is I could have been on my way, blah blah blah. But I, yeah, yeah. but I didn't so, have the so foresight I, to do that, and so I want my I stuff. Know, yeah. And she's so a little I, aggressive when she tells me thirty minutes. And now what? So then now it's been like forty-five or an hour now, right? So yep. I go back to her and I said, "Hey, well, how about if I just do this? Why don't you just let me, you know, get into the room so I can just grab my stuff and I'm going to go." somewhere else and then her response is even more aggressive and, and and says you don't understand what i'm saying and i am saying that my children will be out in 10 more minutes now okay and, and then said, how did you oh. re- react to that i said okay that's perfectly fine so you're still and at so, 350 got it yeah and then um and then her daughter her daughters come and and, and great they said that's great they, you know and she said oh they're out okay great so i go there of course now not course, but the door's locked. So I go back and I said, hey. Wait, wait a locked. second. The door's locked. And and what, where are you at on the level of consciousness then? Uh, same, about the same. 350. I just say, hey, the okay. door's locked. And she said, okay, great. And she's like, she's like here's the key. Um, but you have to give it back to me. Okay. Um, and I said, okay. And so I go back, you know, go in uh, to, to open the door and I essentially, you know, change in within 10 to 15 minutes, I'm now resting and about to go to sleep. And then all of a sudden here comes back the, 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 somebody's on the door and they're like banging down the door. Like first it's like light. Oh, so you go back into sleep instead of going in to get yourself to go to a friend's house. Exactly, because now she said that it's, it's they're free. done. It, yep, that's free. They're done. They're not. So they, you're laying they, down and you're and sleeping she, again. Yeah, she said they don't need the room until the next day. That's what she tells me. So you're laying down and sleeping again, and somebody's knocking on the door again. Yes, but then the knocks get harder and more aggressive, and then it's like this is much more fierce than the morning. Now the door is like it's almost like the door is about to come down. Wonderful. Then what happens? <laughs> so then I say to her. 
because uh, I can from now what level of consciousness? I don't know. I, I, you know, now I'm not. Now I'm sleeping. Um, so, or you know, so now I'm probably slid down because. So I, what I did say was, I said, "Who is it?" And I, and she said, "You know, I was said, it the what, same woman." It was the same woman. And I okay. said, what do you need? And she said, why don't you open the door and then I can tell you. Okay. Which I didn't understand that question. And I said, no, just go ahead and tell me what the problem is. And then she's like, I need you to give me that key. And I said, why would you need the key right now? Do you need the key for tomorrow? And I'll give you the key tomorrow when I'm no longer in the room. Because here's the thing. I didn't feel comfortable. I'm sleeping. Why would you need the key to the room? Why would you need to be coming into well, a room that I'm sleeping so, in? So, Prabhjit, yeah. can I yeah. ask you a question? Yeah. Did you enjoy this, this, um, oh gosh, this engagement with her? Of course not. Okay. Can I ask so, you this? Is, is, so, there, is there any yeah, so reason? I was going to tell you. Th- Hold on. So I was going to tell you this right I'll now. So, I, I okay. just want to finish what finish. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Let me finish because then it will make a loss. So, I said, why don't we do this? I'm going to pack all my stuff and leave, and then that way you can have the key. Because I didn't, I felt uncomfortable Ooh. with the entire situation. Now. Okay. So, I, so what, where, what was the emotional state that would best describe your being uncomfortable? I don't know what that means. I don't okay. know what that so, question let, is. So I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So I can imagine myself in, all I'm doing is everything that you're sharing, I'm trying to put myself if I were in your shoes. That's, sure. I'm, not, I'm, I'm making no judgment of where you, what you were experiencing. I'm trying to imagine myself. If this were happening to me, that's why sure. I'm trying to get as much, con- I was trying to ask as much context as possible. If I'm experiencing this and I say that now I'm uncomfortable, uncomfortable mm-hmm. can mean a lot of things. Uncomfortable means I'm tired and I'm sleepy and I just want to go and find a place to sleep. And with that, that could probably still be a 250 to 350, excuse me, 350 level of consciousness. Or I'm mm-hmm. uncomfortable means I, I feel really put off and I feel you know, somewhat violated of, of the th- way things should be. And that means I'm going to probably be responding somewhere between 150 to 175, which was with a little pride being hurt and a little bit of anger. And like, I can't believe that, you know, this is happening. Uh, that would yeah, be a I different think, level of uncomfortable. Uncomfort. I think, I think that's where I was, what you, the last portion where you, because I was where you were above and then I slid down because, and whatever the reason, but it, it, yeah, I, I felt hurt. Yeah, you felt, felt hurt. hurt. So because, felt because, hurt because, is one seventy five. That's pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt hurt because I'm explaining to her that I'm just going to leave, and she said that's great. So let me ask you this question: How do you feel looking back right now about the overall exchange? How 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 do you feel personally? about how you handled the situation. On a scale of one to 10, how happy are you and how satisfied are you with how you responded to the situation overall? Well, I didn't know that. So to answer your question, um, I guess, it, the, you know, whenever somebody asks that question, you always feel like you're gonna be judged. I'm not judging, I'm asking you I'm asking you to evaluate yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm just, not, I don't actually have any issue with it because I know that I did what was right for me. Okay, great. So, honestly, you're saying 10 out of 10, have, everything because, was perfectly fine. No, because yeah, because here's the thing. I tried to be to be accommodating mm-hmm. and then this is what happened. So then I thought it's not working. 
I'm not, uh, whatever I'm doing is not working and I don't want to have a fight over a room. This is below me. And that's what is being done. And I don't feel comfortable and I don't, and, and I, I want to remove myself out of the situation. And you are 10 out of 10 completely fine with feeling that way and, and how everything went down. With myself, yes, absolutely. There you go. So I, anything that allows you to feel that level of connected and at peace with you within, yeah, by all means, conti- continue to, co- yeah. to respond in whatever way is working for you <laughs> where you are right now. Yeah, because, well, well, I guess the reason I asked is, was there a better way? And I always feel that way because Let me ask maybe you. there was. Wh- do you feel do you feel that if you're a 10 out of 10 with how the whole thing went down do you think that there's a, I feel a, like there's always room for improvement I'm not ever saying okay. to say I'm a perfect so human let, being That's fine so let me ask you this question then If there maybe were there's, maybe if, there's 11 out of 10 <laughs> If there were a better way what yeah. how could you see that how can you imagine it right now a better way to re- respond to the situation I don't know that I can cuz I don't know what that would be Okay. That's what that's that's the reason for the question. That's so, the reason I'm on the call with you now. Because because I'm always interested to see what other people's perspective is because I don't know how I could have. Okay. And that's, well, if you're okay, it, it, so let me because because I know what you're trying to do is to get me to come up with a solution. I don't know that I have one or or, or one that would have been better. I'd, because because I think I did the best I could do. Yeah. And, then, and, and I'm celebrating that with you. And retrospectively, I don't know that I could do anything different okay. and been better because I was accommodating and trying my best. And then uh, and then I was back to where I was before with somebody telling me that I needed to get out of the room or not get out of the room because now she's asking for a key. To, it was just not not my cup of tea at this point now. Now right. I'm not feeling comfortable. So, so Prabhji, and, let, me, yeah. let me see if I can rephrase the question and see if this is what you're getting at. Cliff, how would you have handled this situation? Yes, exactly. Okay. Now, I'm willing to answer the question, um, give you a clear answer as to how I would have handled the situation, but only if you'll accept that what I'm about ready to tell you is not a better way to handle it than you handled it. Okay, go ahead. Are you, are, are, are you accepting of that? Yes, because what you're saying, you're, what you're not going to try to say is that what I did was wrong and, what this, and the option you're going to give is the right way. That is correct. Yeah, yeah, I got right. that. So I'm currently in a level of my life where I hover between 400 to 540 on that scale. That's Always. No, 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 no. I never said that. I'm at a life where most of the time, I, okay. would, I would say about 85, 80% of my life on a day-by-day basis, I hover between 400 to 540 right now. And Can by I ask the, a follow-up question? Yeah. But that's 80, 90%. But I'm imagining that the 80 90% is not when you are being attacked. Yes. Verbally. I've so been attacked verbally would, today. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and when you were attacked verbally, what do you think your number was at that time? Um, 440 and 500, inner wisdom and inner love. Uh, it, really? it had zero impact on me. But I'm imagining it's probably because of a, some type of a meditation or spiritual practice that you have. It is 
you could say that that's involved in the process and the practice of of maintaining it, but it it is more of an it is more of an identification of my of who I am. So to to be for me to be at 440 to 540, I must currently identify it. I, I, yeah, I must not be attached to my ego personality. So right. it, during this conversation, you're mostly interfacing with the persona slash ego of Cliff Ravenscraft, a, a male being from the United States who former Christian, you know, this, <laughs> all this other stuff that, that, that's, that's where you're, that's who you're interfacing with, but I'm not attached to that and I'm not identified with it. I know that that is a limited part and perception of who I am as a divine spiritual being here having a human experience. And so, mm-hmm. but, but by the way, I just want you to know that just like anyone else, I can be triggered by, and, and it has, you have to really get into some deep subconscious uh, limiting beliefs and traumas that maybe I haven't addressed yet. And I certainly have as many as, as everyone else out there. But a lot of these things that you're talking about, the, I, I, trust me, I've, <laughs> I've been doing what's called in the spiritual realm called shadow work. I, I've, I've mm-hmm. been freed from some of these demons, if you will. So let, let me go back and answer the, the first Please. question of how would I have handled that situation? Let's just say I'm in inner wisdom and inner love. So I am here at the, uh, give me, please help me again, Gadawara? Mm-hmm. Correct. I'm here at the Gadawara and I am in, I'm investing my energy to, in support of this community in a deeply spiritual, energetic way to, pr- to, in, to be a part of this 48 hours of, uninterrupted prayer uh, that we're doing as a community. And I recognize Mm -hmm. that it hasn't quite started yet, but there's this room that's been made available. It's worked for me in the past. I've used it many times without any instance or issue whatsoever. And so I'm going to go into this room completely at peace, inner wisdom, inner love, and I'm going to fall asleep just in the bosom and, and presence of my connection with God. I might mm-hmm. even actually go, I might even uh, hit f- my oneness experience with him. I may even sense presence li- with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows, depending on how deep I go into sleep or whatever, I, I may even get into a non-duality experience, a mystical experience. But all of a sudden, somebody's knocking on the door, the knocking gets louder, all of this other stuff, I'm woken from my sleep, if I am and I and I hover around inner wisdom, inner love, I'm immediately going to say, "Oh, what's going on here?" Okay, and I recognize somebody, and and so I will qu- quickly, I will probably go and open the door and say, "Yeah, how can I help you?" Oh, you need to leave. My daughter needs this room, and immediately I'm going to say, "Oh." Okay, am I not supposed to be here? I'm sorry. I, I really apologize. Uh, let me grab my things. And then I would grab my things and I would make the room available for this person who obviously has the, you know, some sort of something to say about what this room should or shouldn't be used for. And I'm going to say, sure, the room is, is yours. 
hey, did was I? Is there anything that I could do in the future to make sure that I'm not in this room when I'm not supposed to be here? I I really am just trying to understand um, how I can avoid being of inconvenience and in, in making any kind of potential improper use. I don't want to uh, be a nuisance here. Uh, can you inform me of of have I done anything outside of what is anticipated or expected? I I'm just curious so that I can make make sure that I am in alignment with how to best participate in this community, in this experience, and this space. That's how I would have immediately handled it. Hmm. And then how about trying to get back, or you, would you even try to get access back? No, I, I, would, I would have said, hey, it, it, it depends on what she would have said to that response. Oh, no, she just mm. needs to be in there for a half an hour. And I'm like, okay, then I'll stay around here for a half an hour. And, and, th- and then just to be clear, if I stay around for a half an hour and she's finished with the room, does that mean that I can then have the room? And in the event that I have the room, how long can I reasonably expect to be able to get some rest? without any mm. further interruption. Not that I'm complaining or arguing about the fact that I've been interrupted. I'm just curious so that I can know what to anticipate. That's how I would have handled that situation. Got it. And again, I'm not saying the way that I would handle it is better. It's just... Different. I, I, the way, by the way, there are times when I might actually have, you know, leading up to that event been very anxious and fearful which by the way is all the way down there level 100 about some things that are going on in my personal or professional life and I may have allowed myself to really focus and 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 maybe some th- things are not going right financially for me and I've got a little bit of concern and anxiety you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden it's like and now I have this and I committed to it and I know I should do it and all of this other stuff, but man, I'm, I'm so tired, and I don't. And I, I, how I would have responded then may have been very close to what you did, and maybe even, I'm not going to say worse, but but less desirable. Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah. Well, but I don't know. I mean, the reality is, I think that each person, uh, you know, looks at these things differently. Right. Yeah, we all are from different levels of consciousness. It's all about perspective. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is different levels of consciousness. And also, I think, different levels of understanding. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. Th- the reality is, at that moment, I didn't know to ask those questions because I didn't know that. Because when I, when I freely gave the room to them and I got my things, I think, retrospectively, everything is a lot clearer always. Yeah. Right. Because at that moment, you don't necessarily think to ask all those questions. Right. And so, and, and what an op- and so one of the things is, uh, one of the things that came up for me, and it, remember I told you, right, I was going to look for a scripture. Mm-hmm. And th- I think there's something, and of course, I know that you, your scriptures are Sri Guru Granth, if I'm correct, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Sri Granth Yep. Yep. So um, my scriptures that I still that I that I love to refer to the most because it's a part of my upbringing. They're not the only scriptures that I uh, th- that I pull inspiration from, but the Bible. And and I think there is a scripture that indicates something like "Be thankful when people come and say things against you" or something. And uh, well, regardless, in all in all circumstances, give thanks. Mm-hmm. I, it, you know, it, it just that that's just the whole thing. Always be filled with gratitude in, in all circumstances. And if there's anything, that's that's what I desire. 
and I no longer allow myself to feel judgment or any lack of love, and I don't beat myself up, and I don't concern myself with how other people perceive me, but when I experience things like what you're doing, and, and this is what I, it's like, man, based upon that, how do I feel? Uh, and, and the way that, and again, my this is just me observing myself. If I would have experienced what you experienced, even if I came to that from the level of consciousness where you were, just where I am, the first thing I would have done is I would say, man, on a scale of one out of 10, how do I feel how I handled that? I would say, and this is my own personal evaluation of myself, not of you. I would have said, gosh, that was probably about a six out of 10. Um, I could have done that a lot better. I don't know what I would have done better. I wonder if I can learn and grow. And maybe but, if I'm, but is, maybe but is if that I six out of ten? Is that based off of the the way you would have handled it? Yeah, it's it's based upon how I would have handled it if I came into it from a much higher level with of consciousness. With the, with, 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 yeah, with the with the with way the that higher you level of consciousness, my the spirit within me would have given me the the answer or the the correct questions to ask and and all that. Well, stuff. this is true, but but. But I guess the question I have for you, though, is at that higher level of consciousness, why is it not a 10 out of 10? Because you tried your best you could based off what you know. Well, I no, because if, if I did the things that you did, I was not at that level of consciousness. So I would have actually labeled it a, a 6 out of 10. And, and as a result of that, I am not completely unconditionally loving myself and, and evaluating. That, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's just... So maybe then I have a higher level than, I mean, at that moment, because my thinking always, you, try, you do the best you can based on what you know. Yes. This is the and, four, uh, uh, the so four but, agreements so that, by Don Miguel Ruiz is always do your best. The, what his, I think it's the fourth agreement. Always do your best, and your best isn't the best you've ever done. Your best but is. But you the, can only expect do, the best that you can at that moment. Exactly. Based on where you are. Based upon so where you are. It, exactly. That's why I accepted it, it, your 10 out of 10. Exactly. And that's the. Well, and, and, and here's the other part that it, it's. I, I don't. I, so, like, that's where I can share it because I don't have feel judgment. Yeah. Not because, I, not because of you. But to be frankly honest with anybody, because I know and each and every, everybody's judgment is based off of their experiences, based off of their perception, which is their reality. Yeah. Not my own. And so as a result, I know where I am. And that doesn't. And that's why every decision I make is based off of, is this serving me? Is this really uplifting and helping me to become a better person? And that's at the end of the day. That's that's what I think I always look at, right? Um, but that's that's why it's interesting. But you're looking. But even at your, th- this is what I was going to say. But even at your higher perspective, you're still labeling something as a six out of ten means that you don't really have acceptance of the concept that everything happens exactly no, the way it's supposed to happen. No, I, I'm well. That's what I'm that, saying is, if I had just responded that way from a lower level of consciousness, at a lower level of consciousness, I would not have the higher level of consciousness to see it as a ten out of ten. Is all I'm saying. Oh no, no, that makes complete sense now. Exactly, that makes complete sense. Yep, no, because that's the way that. Yeah, that's and it's interesting because even at that moment, I I thought to myself, is there something I could have done better? I said I didn't know that I could have done better because. I was half asleep. 
yeah. at the moment. And 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 then and then I swift quickly, yeah, because then I got awakened. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so and, and then I tried my best, and then that wasn't good enough. And then the second portion was, I already knew what my plan was. If this continues, I'm going to have to leave because I cannot put myself into a situation where I continue to keep getting pulled down. Particularly when I'm trying to get myself into an environment where I can get, you know, uh, spiritually uplifted. Yeah. So then, if therefore it's no longer serving me, and if it's no longer serving me, then then I'm doing more harm than I am doing good, to both me and the people that are around me. Mm. Because I, there's no reason to be in that space. Wonderful. You know? And and so, anyways, no, but this was a really uh, interesting. Uh, perspective and quite interesting, very interesting because like I said, I don't think there's actually any negative bad people really. Um, and that's why I hopefully didn't label it that way, which is that when I, when people are angry, I don't believe they're bad people. Cause I think uh, we correlate the two things, which is good and bad and right and wrong. We correlate them together many times. Right. And they're two separate things. Well, can I go back to what we started about in the beginning? So instead of we, yeah. can you say I instead of that? Because I, I just, I just want to make sure that that I'm not being lumped into those those presumed sure. statements. Yeah, yeah, no, sure, that's fine. <laughs> um, sure, I mean, well, but I do want to say generally, most people do believe that. Do, do, I'll, do I'll, I'll accept that you believe that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people um, do believe that uh, that good and bad and, and and right and wrong are the same thing. I'll I'll accept that I yeah. I am aware of that perspective. And I'm not saying that necessarily you are. I'm not saying that you're yeah. in that group. I said, but a, a, quite a majority of people are. And 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 at certain moments, that's what happens with myself as well. I think we, you know, there is that group, and it, it happens. Um, I but, I will tell you this, Prabhjit. It, I sometimes do have those feelings of this is good this is bad that you know and and this is right this is wrong and and from that perspective i make all sorts of judgments i mm-hmm. i i experience that from time to time but not nearly as much today as i used to yeah which is which is it's, which is really important right but it's but I, I want to go back to your your well, your, your uh, 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 it's important to say. me uh but but i i don't see anything wrong with people who are experiencing what they're experiencing oh, at, oh, 100%, at any point because there's no judgment against anybody else's situation for exactly. sure exactly uh, yeah, no no absolutely and i'm not trying to say that uh, I, and i wasn't trying to judge any specific person because sure. i don't know any I get that. person specifically yeah 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 i was just talking about in general in, in generalities but not about anybody specifically but um, what i was going to say to you though is um uh, again going back to what you were talking about before which is that you you don't know if i and it's interesting because what you were trying to say may, maybe i'm not sure is that maybe i'm giving myself little numbers than what may be there or maybe i just shifted very quickly that's the other option. Oh, we we can sh- we can shift in a minute. I <laughs> I think that's probably what happened. I think I shifted very quickly. Yeah, I, it, it sounds to it. It it sounds very yeah. very likely. It, it's like, yeah. Wow. No, that's yeah. That's I think I, what I can tell you right now. I can be in a state of pure bliss and inner love and inner wisdom and all this other stuff, and all of a sudden somebody could send me a text, send me an email, and say something with a very specific string of Trigger. words and it triggers 
something inside of my ego personality's long-held programming code, and boy, I I will go straight down to anger in a heartbeat, and and like in yeah. a single heartbeat, I'll be down there. Um, and but you know what? I the the thing is, is I've I've come to understand that that's an incredibly valuable tool. I I I have a metaphor for it. I consider that anger or that that guilt or that shame or whatever uh, has been triggered or whatever not what has been triggered but wherever it triggers me to i literally see it nothing more than the check engine light on the dashboard of my car oh wait a second there's something under the hood here that is in alignment with the way the manufacturer created this thing to be that's great and that's exactly what i was saying when we first started talking which is that that's the first thing i think about as soon as i I'm feeling uncomfortable, if you want to use that word, and triggered, then I automatically know there's something going on below the surface that I need to work on, right? Um, but it's, it, yeah, this has been a really interesting conversation. Though I do have one last question, if you want, which may be a lot larger. Well, let me pause you there. Just yeah. a moment. I want to check in with Jared first. Oh, go ahead. Because I, because I'm, I'm going through the circles here. So, Jared, first and actually, if you don't mind, Prabhjit, to mute yourself for just a moment, and I promise you, I'm coming back to you because I'm in no rush to get out of here. Uh, so, Jared, unmute yourself. But by, by the way, just question for you: Was that conversation valuable to you at all? It was extremely interesting, and the levels of consciousness I've never seen that before, and so I'm found myself looking back and forth as you guys were talking and be like, Oh, I'd have been there. It's <laughs> so yes, it was awesome. And I want to give you another opportunity. Do you have another question that you'd like to address? I, I'm here. I want right. to kind of go around circle and give everybody equal time here. Yeah, I do. And it's kind of in relationship to your, the spiritual awakening, as you mentioned it, and kind of where you've learned and what's been going on recently. how, how is that tying into your business now? Like, is that, do you find that this is affecting the way you're approaching business, the way you're wanting to do business? Is it, is it, you know, triggering changes or, you know, how, I guess, what impact has it had? Has it had any impact? Yes. So there are so many different levels I could answer this and, and I'm just going to intuitively share what I feel inspired to share and just see how it lands with you and anybody that's listening. So first and foremost, it's radically transformed not just my business, but every single aspect of my life. I mean, I I can't go back to seeing the world the way that I used to see it. I can't go back to doing business the way I used to do it. So it's absolutely radically transformed just my own perception of reality and life and what business is and what it's all about and who people are. I, I can't go back to seeing people as, you know, good clients, bad clients, this, that, and all this other stuff. Don't get me wrong. I can get triggered into a lower state of consciousness and sometimes I'll get there, but I don't stay there. So what I'm saying is it's it's radically impacted the way that I see clients. Now, it, it has also uh, helped, there were a, a very long series of time. There's like three years straight where I literally had no lack of peace about where things are in my business on a financial basis. And th- this this goes all the way back. And it was before I had words for all of this, but I was experiencing a lot of this more metaphysical stuff uh, even before I was aware, before I even read Autobiography of a Yogi, by the way. So 
I think you, were you at Free the Dream 2018 or 19 or both? 19. So you were at Free the Dream 2019. So after Free yeah. the Dream 2000, yeah, it was Free the Dream 2019. So after Free the Dream 2018, I lost $38,000 on that event. And I had absolutely no loss of peace. Actually, no, that's not true. I actually got triggered back into a lot of fear and anxiety. And, and that, of course, that uh, did actually get me to say, oh my gosh, I got to work. I got to work. I got to do everything, blah, 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 blah. Well, Mm -hmm. I, I went into my old methodology of doing business, which was work around the clock and create a bunch of stuff. And I got out of that hole 90 days later. I'm back up to where I need to be on a monthly income level. The $38,000 is in the hole. We had to take out a personal loan and a student loan for my daughter. We paid all of that off and everything was perfectly fine. And then I'm like, I've learned everything I need to learn from that experience. I'll never make those mistakes again. And Free the Dream 2019 comes, and we lost 19500 the second year in the conference. Right. Uh, but there was something different. And I didn't know what it was. I only know what it is now. But three weeks before Free the Dream conference, I, I had this metaphysical experience where the peace that surpasses all understanding came upon me. And it didn't leave for, let's see, 2020, 21, or for two for at least two years, minimum two years. So imagine two wow. years with no lack of pure peace. And through and what I'm talking about is I'm experiencing my highest financial highs, and my peace is pretty much e- even kill. Uh, equanimity is what we're talking about here. And then I would lose, like I lost 19500 in one week, you know, one weekend event. And so I got that, plus my monthly recurring revenue is, is at a major deficit. And absolutely nothing shaking my peace. And, and I'm just like, just, fl- just going with the flow. And how I bounced back from that the second year versus the first year is like, eh, this is no big deal. Was, this is all going to work out. And I will say that I, I could share with you just, what seemingly are miraculous ways that money just flowed to me. In fact, I had a, I had in a time of meditation and inspiration of what I could do in my business, and I journaled about it, and I began to do it, and I went from making $20,000 a month working 40 to 55 hours a week to making $30,000 a month every month consistently for 18 months working only 12 hours a week. And, and I'm like, wow. Now, by the way, during that, there were other things. And, and so I'm experiencing all this peace. And a lot of people say, well, of course you're experiencing peace when you're work, you know, making all that money and blah, blah, blah. And trust me, I heard all the people tell me about how, you know, you will see what happens when that all, you know, next thing comes. But exact, except for the fact that this all happened when I was 19,500 in the hole, I had this peace. And not to mention uh, a lot of, personal things that would have like way outside of the financial stuff like my dog eating a dryer sheet and almost dying um and uh my daughter going to the hospital having a a, a potential bill of twenty one thousand dollars and and i just had a lot of other stuff that came up that would have triggered me into fear and anxiety and worry and and got me back into those old behavioral patterns and thought patterns and emotional patterns but for for two years straight, Jared, I absolutely had rock solid, unshakable peace, and awesome. and and so 
that's how it that so for me that's one way it transformed another way that this journey is and and by the way since then um i don't know what it is but god or my higher self has foreseen to allow me to say okay that was great now let's work on some more of that shadow work and so over the last uh let's just say year and a half there has been a lot there there have been a lot of dips in my levels of consciousness in the last year and a half for example, okay. I've been, quite frankly, and it has a lot to do with one of the, your questions. So one of the things that sh- shifted for me is that almost all of my one-on-one coaching clients have gone from primarily business, technology, strategy, tools, techniques, focused conversations, and not by my design, because I never have once tried to steer anyone into this conversation, but they follow me outside of this, and they many of my one-on-one clients also listen to my Train With Cliff Audio Journal, and they're witnessing and noticing, and, and Luann will understand this, and I'm probably Prabhjit will understand the energetic side of things. They're feeling a different energy from me. Uh, and so they're asking yeah. questions. And this goes to First Peter 3, 15 and 16, where it says, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. And when you do so, do so with gentleness and respect. So a lot of my client work is actually going into, I mean, we're sitting here talking about levels of con- consciousness and I'm explaining them uh, the science of meditation and the different brainwave states and uh, what it means to know about your subconscious and then the super conscious mind. And and so we're, we're talking about some really different high level spiritual stuff. Another thing, another way, Jared, that it's affected my business is uh, a lot of, not a lot, a number of my clients who, both one-on-one and in my paid mastermind groups, who are evangelical fundamentalist Christians, which I love and respect and, and admire them dearly, because of their belief systems and the fact that I'm, they, it's now, I, I started to get a little bit more publicly open about, you know, the fact that I'm working with a shaman and, and studying some other things. And I'm sitting here having conversations in a, in my encouraging others through Christ podcast with an Indian Sikh and a new age woo woo person and a, a druid and all this other stuff. And they got really upset about that. And they're like, listen, Cliff, yeah. you've steered off the pass. So one way that it's affected my business is a lot of, uh, not a lot. Stop that. A a few clients who had been with me for four or five years left my Next Level Mastermind. Two or three clients who had renewed several times with my one-on-one coaching, because I do a year at a time, had not renewed because of my spiritual path. And uh, very few, but a few clients actually reneged on their commitments to work with me for a year and just absolutely said, I can't, I can't continue to work with you. So those are just a few of the ways that it's impacted my journey. Um, There are many, many more, but does that adequately? um, uh, Yeah. It gives me a good round picture. I feel like some of the good, some of the negative, not so good that could be interpreted as negative, but honestly it's probably, in all I, realism, I see them to get them out of your life because they shouldn't be there. Well, actually, by the way, I appreciate that perspective. I might have had that same perspective, and my perspective's not better. But if I may, I'll just share with you. I think it's all good, and it's all perfect. Mm. Mm. I think it's all good. It's all perfect. That. It's all good. It's all perfect. And the reason why it's all good, it's good for me. 
to overcome uh, some of the triggered emotional reactions and stuff like that. It's been good for me mm-hmm. to to exercise the muscles of of being in control of my emotional state and my focus and my consciousness and where I'm putting it and all this other stuff. And it's really good for those people who have been triggered. You know, and, and, and I, I think it's wonderful for somebody to be triggered and to have a reaction to somebody who is who who you love and respect has left what it is that you believe. And even if you you don't do or don't question your beliefs and why did they do this and give them any validation, it it I, I think everything works out well, Romans eight twenty eight. For we know that God works everything together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fantastic. I love that perspective. And it's one of the things, well, one of the big draws for me to you anyways is how you look at things and approach things. So I really appreciate it. And I got to be honest, you have... It's been a phenomenal talk, and I really appreciate you answering questions and interacting with this. Um, you've answered all my questions. It's as you know, it's really late where you're at too. I'm going to be stepping down because I'm going to have to be getting off here soon. But I'm going to continue to listen at least for a little bit. And just thank you so much. My sincere pleasure, Jared. Uh, I I've been tr- trying to figure out what does this look like. The thing that I posted about on Facebook. And and I'm sensing that more rooms like this may be a part of it. And by the way, I'm going to put the recording of these conversations in my EOTC podcast. So if, if you drop out, you can certainly listen to the rest of the conversation there. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. Many blessings, brother. Anytime I can be of support or encouragement, there'll be plenty of opportunities in environments like this. Luann, before I go back to Prabjeet and his next question, any comments or anything from you? No comments, just here listening and holding space. I appreciate that holding of space. All right, Prabhjit, you said you have another question, maybe one even bigger. Go right ahead, my friend. Yeah, so I want to know, how did you um, create that identification? That's my question with this higher, you know, spiritual. That's That's my question. Okay, so the what's coming for me to answer that is I didn't create it. I deconstructed false identifications. Does that speak any truth yes, to you? Yes, I understand. But what was that process like is what my question was. So that process for me was having a very high level belief that I am a human being that was created by a man in heaven that is a, 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 a giant spirit guy with white hair and that Jesus was his only begotten son who came to the earth and that God was a little bit angry about how things went off and, and the only way that he could be appeased is that his son would be punished and put to death for my behalf and that I'm a depraved person and that the only way that I could have any chance of an eternal life with God is that I accept his punishment on the cross for my sin and and I, I, all of this stuff. And, and I lived in my life in fear that I might mess up things before I die and go to finally experience peace with God. <laughs> 
that that was my full identification for a good 30 years of my 50 years walking on this planet. So um, I can tell you how all that got constructed <laughs> and how no, all of that was created. How did you deconstruct yeah, it is so, the question. So, exactly. The process of deconstruction. So the process of deconstruction is just being a, being introduced to other people's thoughts and ideas that were opposed to my long-held beliefs. And I believe that all of my exposure to those alternative perspectives and perceptions of the world were um, divinely guided by my inner self, my higher self, my, my connection to God, spirit, whatever you want to call it. I believe that I was led and guided precisely to all of the right statements and and comments and uh, resources, books, movies, and and everything else that would call into question what I firmly held to be true. And I, I, I remember being incredibly defensive about so much of what I believe. And I got very angry and upset when somebody tried to suggest that something other than I believe is true and how could they be so deceived? And, and it was very egocentric. And the one thing that I, I will be thankful for, and I will tell you that even in my fundamentalist evangelical Christian doctrine holding days, what I experienced was the Spirit of God always giving me a sense of understanding that what I am or how I am being in the world is not in alignment with what I say I believe. Uh, now, it's in alignment with my doctrinal understanding. I, I mean, I'm not doing anything or believing or saying or being anything different than what is the accepted doctrine of the church, but it's certainly not in alignment with the things that Jesus taught and the example that he gave. And so I became very uneasy with the fact that the way that I am feeling and experiencing life just doesn't seem right when I compare it to the teachings of Jesus. And what I will say is that um, some, some of the earlier things that I experienced was when I would find people such, by the way, I didn't even know what a Sikh was. I just assumed uh, that for a time, anyone who had, um, wore a turban was a Muslim or you know whatever. And, and I had a very limited and not so positive view of anybody who wore a turban. And I, and I, Jeet, I don't, I'm, I'm sure I don't have to explain it to you. I'm sure you've been on the receiving end of some people's misperceptions. So I, I used to have that especially after 9-11, and, and it was, I, I, again, I, I don't blame anyone else, I, I did it, but I will tell you, one of the first experiences I had was Dr. Saram Khalsa, and he was a client of mine back in my podcast, Answer Man Days, and here was a man that had pure peace, pure love, pure joy, and when every moment that I spent working with my client, Dr. Saram Khalsa, and he not only went through one of my courses, but we worked together for three or four months. I was his consultant. And let me say this. He was probably one of the greatest people who what lived what I would expect to be the fruit of the Spirit 
and his way of being in the world was the most life like Jesus. And here I and here I was nervous to work with him as soon as I saw his avatar with a big turban on his head. So that was the that was like just one of the little bricks in the wall that kind of got taken down if that if that makes sense. And so just going through life and experiencing other people you know, and and all of a sudden having clients who are Mormon, having a friend of mine who is homosexual, or he would say bisexual, and 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 not knowing that until after we've already developed a very close friendship, and and just one after another, slowly all of these little things that I believed, I'm realizing. Wait a second, some of this is not true, and then some of this is not true, and then so and. And boy, I will tell you the biggest thing that happened was uh, when COVID hit. When COVID hit, uh, dude, I I I began watching the news and I got sucked into the fear and all of this other stuff. But then I unplugged from it, and and then all of a sudden I I found a community of people who weren't afraid. And then all of a sudden I began to see anybody who has an alternative view other than the accepted narrative by the collective majority uh, is ostracized. And then I began to see, wait, wait a second, that's a lot like what I've seen in the church. And by that time I had left the church. And so, um, yeah, it, there, it, it is just, it's been brick by brick, the wall between me and my authentic true self uh, has been slowly dismantled, uh, and 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 it and quite frankly, it, it's it continues to to be a process. So that's my answer. Thank you so much. Well, I'm gonna go, but it was great uh, conversation. I may still listen, but I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Prabhjit. I'm honored that you were here tonight. And um, hold on one second. See, I I I wonder if I can find. My, um, I wonder if I can find my greeting to you. So I'm going to go into my messages. I'm going to look for my recent conversations with my friend Darshpreet. And it shouldn't be too far up. Uh, here it is. And so what is, uh, let's see here, history of mysticism been just out of curiosity where does darshpreet live because maybe it's the same person i know <laughs> darshpreet singh he's currently in canada and okay. he's, he's from india but uh let me so there's the books the wisdom okay history add it to my list ha ha thank you brother and then ah here it is so see if i say this correct i want to give you this greeting and good and farewell sat shri akal Correct. Thank you. That's good. And there's a longer one. <laughs> okay. I'm going to teach it to you. It's Vigru. Vigru. G. G. Ka. Ka. Kalsa. Kalsa. Vigru. Vigru. Jiki. Jiki. Fate. Fate. There you go. Awesome. Well, that's in my recording, and maybe perhaps I'll go in and please tell me what does it mean. Uh, the Khalsa, which is the the group of people that we are, which is the the pure ones. So the the uh, the uh, Vaigru, uh the Khalsa is of Vaigru, which Vaigru is God, by the way. 
So, Raigrujika Khalsa, right? So, the Khalsa is the pure ones are of God, and Raigrujiki Fateh, which means, and so, um, Fateh. Actually, I should ask you about if you if you knew what the word Sasrikal means. <laughs> I let's see here. I have so let me go in here. I will be able to tell you in just a second because I have it in my journal. Sat Shri Kal, and give me one second. It is God is the ultimate truth. Are you there? I'm still here. Yeah, God is the ulti- ultimate truth. That's right. Yeah. You sound you sound surprised. No, I don't. You know, you just never know. No judgment, <laughs> because sometimes people don't. People sometimes give the wrong give wrong information, so you just never know, right? So, well, I never take. Um, I never receive information and don't validate it. So, <laughs> well, that's good then. I, I, I I've given up a life on just receiving. By the way, I, I just looked. I have 1,783 pages of handwritten notes about the things I've learned on my spiritual journey. Oh, so you've been taking handwritten notes. Yeah. Got it. So that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And that's what's helped you to kind of increase that. That, that makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. And I think all people have to kind of do what's right for them. Yes. You know, but I, one of the last things I want to say is, I do feel that uh, apologies are a good thing, and I think I may want to go and apologize to that woman, even though I don't know what I could have done better. But it's still good to apologize and just move on. I think that's beautiful. I think that's a good thing for everybody, right? And then we can just move on. You know, I love it. But yeah, well, I'm gonna let you go. Have a great night. Thank you, Prabhjit. It's an honor. All right, uh, let's see here. So I know Jared is about ready to wrap up for the night. So Patrick, if you want to come up, feel free to raise, raise your hand. Uh, I'm not sure how to say this, but Etwin or Etwin, if you'd like to come up and raise your hand. Uh, Setseg, if you'd like to come up, raise your hand. Feel free to do so. If I don't, um, I've been going for about two hours and 12 minutes, so I'm more than happy to to shut the room down, but at the same time, I, I've been enjoying my engagement with folks. So I'll give about three, or actually I'll give about five seconds for any hand raising. Otherwise, uh, Luann, thank you so much for holding space. It is such an honor to uh, experience your presence and your energy here. I always have enjoyed your energy ever since I first ran across you on Al and in every room that you've been in on Clubhouse. Thanks so much, Cliff. I really appreciate you very much. Thank you for sharing your story. And I just wanted to say that it's her name is men- is uh, actually pronounced as Uteen. Uteen. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Uteen. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, anybody who is not a member of the Free the Dream community, which, by the way, that may eventually, I may change the name of that community. But anyway, the, or the, it's the house. Feel free to join the house uh, to, so that this app can notify you when I schedule more rooms. And for those of you who are listening to the playback on Clubhouse, feel free to follow me here. And if you have been encouraged in any way, feel free to reach out and share 
uh, how anything spoke to you this evening, I'd love to be in engagement with you, whether it's direct message here on Clubhouse app. And for those of you who are listening to this audio recording as an episode of the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast over at encouragingotherschristcom you can, of course, send me an email, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. And uh, with that, that's going to wrap it up. Until next time, I encourage everyone to take everything you do in life to the next level.